Blog Talk Radio. And during the few moments that we have left, we want to talk right down to earth in a language that everybody here can easily understand. for not going on my scheduled times. That's aside from the point, <clears throat> tonight, we will be heralding a hero who is very humble, who is very, very awesome, by the way, Mike Seidel, a.k.a. the Yoga Monster. He may claim that he's not the man, but he is. You know, If you make one appearance on a wrestling show, does that make you a god? No. It makes you a good dude who is kind to others, and not just kind to others. The dude has been kicking ass for years in professional wrestling, and now, and now, Mike will be venturing to AEW. I might actually watch longer than the uh, half hour, 45 minutes that I split in between when I'm watching NXT. So I will have it on DVR. I will definitely not miss Mike's match for sure. I know that it's a two-hour extravaganza. And they will be going toe-to-toe with FTR, formerly known as Revival and WWE NXT. And they're known as Revival also. You know, that's their former image. It's going to be interesting, to say the least. Uh, This is very... Highly entertaining to have one of the guests, actually two of the guests on my show, end up on All Elite Wrestling, and I mean that by Xander Gold, who is on the dark roster, and also now, currently, Mike Seidel with his brother Matt Seidel, who will be wrestling side-by-side as a tag team. Do I know the end results? No, I'm just excited. I'm thrilled for this dude. This is so cool, guys. Like... I know I'm marking out for a reason because Mike is very deserved of this. He worked hard for this moment. I don't really necessarily think that matters, but if you have any questions, dude, wrestle underscore radio at underscore Brian Rails on Twitter and also or BTrain05000 on Instagram as well. I haven't used that name in so long, dude. Holy shit. You know one of my my Instagram and my social media handles. That's cool. Uh, Wrestle Radio Network forward slash Facebook dot com. Be sure to download the episodes for free on iTunes. So, think about this one: If someone you interviewed on your show uh, wrestles live on TV every week, Cool Beans, you're an awesome, amazing podcast that has more moolah than me. But that's aside from the point. Um, AEW, in regards of as competition, I don't care. I would, I'm going to watch 
I consider a friend kick some ass and take names. I don't, he's probably going to do some cool high flying, flippy, flippy shit. But <clears throat> Mike, if you're listening, I will, lo- I would love to watch you next week and I am going to watch you next Wednesday. So that being said, I'm going to definitely record on DVR. Let me see what's going on on my Wednesday. Wait, no, today's Thursday. So I actually, yes, I will be able to see you. Thank goodness. So, no, no harm done. Oh, yeah, I should tell you. After watching uh, the tidbits of WWE Raw, I didn't miss much. Um, I, although I attempted to watch it, I really said to myself, do I really want to put myself through this torture of watching programming that uh, has improved just a slight bit, but not too much? Uh, yes and no. The only thing that stood out to me the whole entire time was the tables match between Lana and Nia Jax, and I understand why they did it the way they did it. However, I'm going to just go out on a limb here and check out Nia's Twitter and see exactly what she said to Lana. As far as, you know, reaching out, this is what I've heard. She reached out to Lana and told her she needed to go back to training, but then other people who had figured stuff out and no 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 let's see Nia Jax okay I'm following everyone's been following her today Nia Jax was kind enough to respond to my question about hair products for my daughter who has similar curls to her no cat where she is baby face real she is she has fans for life okay who cares I don't have an attitude against Nia Jax Instagram no she really doesn't she's actually pretty cool I mean, yeah, she hurt herself really bad. Um, I don't, you know what? It's cool. It is what it is. Um, I don't know. I don't know if I would, yeah. Um, um, You know, looking at Naya's Twitter, it's just all about hair. I don't see what the, the big deal is. Oh, okay, yes. Um, her advice to Lana. <laughs> she doesn't have attitude. Well, who doesn't, you know? You're lucky I'm a holy woman. I'm going to let this one slide. See, she's taking humor in this. I, you know what? Cool. Did she? Okay, I don't see where she... Oh, goodness. Your brows are ugly. I hate them. Like, Well, that's just... Listen, don't make... There it is. I found it. Listen, don't make me the butt of your jokes at Lana WWE. You're so dangerous. I could have really been hurt. You need to go back to training. I'm outraged and this won't slip through the cracks. Even though it may seem like one giant work, folks, I think it's funny that she's at least making light of what happened to her. It's so funny when they they go at each other online, dude. It's fucking hilarious. I'm being serious. Like, Nia says go back to training. Then I want to see what Bully Ray says. And according, no, 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 I got this source from Bully Ray. 
It says, um, let me see here. Do, do, do. Where I have it in my notes. So give me just a second. No, I mean, look. Look at what this says. And he even said this on his podcast. So, yes, we need that. We need that. Thank you. She invests time in her profession. She goes out there. She's never boo-boo-faced about anything. She's taking power bombs by Nia Jax. And she's still getting up. She's still selling. She's registering. Her facials are great. Bravo, Lana. You did this the right way. <clears throat> that was Bully Ray's assessment on Lana. And you know what? He's 100% right. Even though Lana sucks balls when it comes to wrestling, she's at least selling. She's doing her facial expressions. She's trying, even though she's a terrible wrestler. I mean, she doesn't She doesn't quite fit the mold in this day and age when it comes to realizing, okay, she tries kicks and doesn't land on Nia Jax, obviously because Nia's freaking huge. <clears throat> in my opinion, <coughs> it's so hard to take Lana or Nia seriously. Nia Jax, yes, she defeated Alexa Bliss at WrestleMania to become the women's champion, or whatever she defeated her before Mania. Look, there is point in juncture when you say to yourself, watching this bullshit between Nia Jax and Lana, it's like, how many times must Lana overcome each hurdle to face Nia Jax is like a Leviathan versus, you know, a normal, regular Joe Schmo, which is Lana. And you put in your mind, okay, they are telling a story. But then again, it's like, does that take away from the rest of the roster and Drew McIntyre, Matt Riddle, and Sheamus and all them, what Sheamus did to McIntyre? No, it doesn't take away from it. However, it does make for a funny discussion topic about Nia's um, – Holy injury, the holy shit moment, the um, the moment where you realize some someone got ripped a new asshole. I mean, look, I'm not trying to create horrible puns here, but um, there are certain moments that Raw has doesn't quite equate to an entertaining show. And what I mean in a long-winded way of saying, it sucks. But this time around, you know, hey, you gave us ratings. They literally censored Nia Jack saying the word hold. Like, give me a break. What is what is uh, acceptable language in wrestling? I mean, after all, they bring out like four microphones and you think they're going to start singing and, you know, doing karaoke in some instances when Raw begins. And then in other instances, it's like, uh, I don't know why I'm watching this, but I can't get away from it. <clears throat> oh my. I'm reading articles that people have sent me and, and it's like Yeah, I don't think Brett ever would have said anything like that at all. Um there was an article stating that Bret Hart had said without me, Hogan would have never been successful. Look, there's a lot of people that can state claim to Hogan's success, and uh, I'm on another subject, but 
without Hogan, and I don't really mind saying this, I don't think the WWE would have made as much money, I mean, just alone, hinging off of Andre the Giant. You know, that was the main source of income from, like, the mid-70s up until, you know, the early 90s when he was just at, at the tail end of his rope, okay? But to say things like, or to cite an article that basically read, Brett the Hitman Hart claims that without or without me, Hogan would not have been successful. No, I, I just, I don't think even Brett would agree with this article. I mean, he might laugh and say, yeah, you're damn right. I don't know. Anyways, back to um, Raw. I mean, there were other things that happened outside of Nia Jax and her holy incident. Um, she's the one who did the leg jumps. <laughs> she said, you need to go back to training. Are you being serious? Whoever said that you were the expert in being safe? My God, woman. Have you seen your matches? Can you ask Maurice the question? Have you ever been involved in a triple threat? Yes, even in Maurice's sucky ass era of being, um, like a wrestler that you know was able to own her craft, even though it was despite being in the divas era of wrestling. Yes, Maurice knows what a triple threat match is, dear, and I'm really. <laughs> Really, at this point, we're watching main roster, especially WWE Raw. There's a reason why I don't turn that shit on. Because every time I do, I get lured back in. When it's great, when it's going great, you can tell. The stories are good. They're they're simple enough to follow. And then other times, it's like, um, why does this angle work this way? Why does this story go why did you disregard this story? You, certain fans are like that. Other fans are like the marks that you can easily lead to slaughter, like lamb, leading a lamb to slaughter with the whole, I believe everything is real. And There are certain fans like that, and God love them too, because they're, they're a variety that keeps this fucking ship sailing, if you will. That's uh, the way it is, folks. I still, I'm the guy that's just like, okay, why couldn't you keep this story? Why did you disregard this story? I'm the one that questions shit, in other words. The whole Nia Jax feud with Lana, please fucking cut it. We all know that Nia can do better than that. I mean, but unfortunately, the one person that can put her in her place in Shayna Baszler is now her tag team partner. For whatever fucking reason, Creative will not ever let Shayna Baszler just run roughshod on the entire roster because I don't know where Marina Shafir is and I don't care where Jessamyn Duke is. Those two are fucking horrible workers. And my and that's just observing because they're like, we can do this, we can do that. Other than being Shayna's lackeys, they were really not worth spit. They tried one-on-one matches, but they constantly had to have you know interference spots because. It would compliment them in being coming in the worst heel since the Iconics. The Iconics, apart, are not good. When they're together, it's gold. When they're apart, as solos, meh, depends on who you pair them with. I'm sorry, did this sound like a mini tirade to you? Because I didn't, I uh, actually intended it for me to, uh, well, I don't know, go off the rails for the first time in a, in a while. 
I started off nice. No, don't get me wrong. I started off nice with Mr. Seidel. Actually, Mike, to be exact. One of the guests on the show. I'm so fucking happy for that dude. He is by far one of the nicest people to get something nice happen to him. By the way, if you don't know when AEW Dynamite is, I don't really advertise for them that often, but this is the one exception to the rule. You can catch AEW Dynamite on TNT. Normally on Wednesdays, the same night as NXT. Except for their program does not air on USA. If you want a DVR, you feel more than free and more than welcome to do so. Catch out the total nonstop action from All Elite Wrestling featuring Cody Rhodes and Chris Jericho. And the likes of Sting who had come out of retirement. And I won't get into why, because that's a bit of a hairy subject, if you will. But this is off the rails in the sense of what the fuck am I talking about. He got to AEW because he was dissatisfied with how WWE was going to utilize him or use him when they when he had requested to join the creative side of things in WWE and they refused. He decided to take a nice little stroll into AEW's office and said, here... I'm here. Use me to the best of your abilities. Not in those exact words, but you know, folks, that is sometimes what happens in professional wrestling. Beggars can't be choosers, so Sting has never been a beggar nor a chooser, but with his legendary status, he can walk wherever he wants to walk to, man. It could have been Impact Wrestling. It could have been New Japan. And they would have welcomed him with fucking open arms. Dude, he's 61 years old. Age ain't nothing but a number, and that dude can still kick ass. So, with that being said, <clears throat> this is the portion of the show that's my all-time favorite. And you know why? Because it feels very fucking therapeutic to release some excess ranting energy okay, that has been building up for the last two weeks. It's not all bad. It's not all good either. It's a happy medium of rant. Okay, Off the Rails Uncensored contains expletive language. Language that is not to be repeated at your local schools or places of work. Off the Rails Uncensored is a copyrighted podcast that has coined the phrase Off the Rails Uncensored on March 7, 2016. I'm almost at my five-year anniversary, folks, of doing this shit. This is awesome. got to find me some great guests, though, to accompany me. So, without further ado, okay, this is also something new, folks. I'm going to advertise this. Off-the-rails reprises or reprises can be uh, heard on live stream on Podbean. And uh, if you're curious, that'll put me on Spotify. And if not, oh well. So, that being said... If there's any reproduction or likeness thereof Off the rails uncensored The title and phrase There will be a $45 fine And it will go directly into my account Through PayPal So Anyways Enter at your own risk fuckers Because you're about to Need some seatbelts Keep all hands and feet inside This emotional roller coaster Because you're about to fucking hear it All right 
Monkeys in the truck, can you please hit my fucking music? interesting moments, some funny moments and it's past airings of the show uh, funny moments being, you know, when Booker T oh, that maybe it was Smackdown Live, maybe it was Raw Booker T grocery moment, I believe that was Smackdown Live Raw has had features you know, the beer truck moment Tyson and Stone Cold oh, you know, the good old days um, Shawn Michaels super kicking Randy Orton off an ambulance uh, Vicky Lynch, Charlotte Flair, and Ronda Rousey beating the holy hell out of each other in a cop car. There's a lot. Bobby Heenan getting thrown out of the arena in the Manhattan Center. You want me to name a few more? I can. I actually can. Uh, when Degeneration X was formed in 1997 with Rick Rude, China, Triple H, and Shawn Michaels. As an answer, to the NWO and WCW. And no, I, I do know that there's a lot of things that can be improved upon WWE Raw. And half and half discussion, yes, folks. One half about Raw, one half about uh, Mike Seidel's appearance on AEW Dynamite. So, let's start off with the bad, first of all. When people are saying stuff like, you know, change your shit, even with the virtual audiences, you know, that's an innovative way of getting people to come and watch your show, better known as WWE Raw. Let, you know, let's take a look at ratings, shall we? So, for this month, we look up WWE Raw ratings. Dear Lord, um, okay, so according to WrestlingNews.com and Bleacher Report, um, these are not the okay. Dear God, Se Scoops even said that the ratings dipped low, so. According to Showbuzz Daily, the episode drew an average of 1.715 million viewers on the USA Network. This was down from the 1.892 million viewers a week ago. This was the lowest viewed episode of Raw thus far in 2021, as the previous low came back on the January 25th edition with 1.819 million viewers. The 18 to 49 demo saw the hour one had 0.54, then 0.48 in hour two, and 0.44 in hour three. Here's the hourly viewership breakdown. Hour one, 8 p.m., 
1.821 million last week. Uh, hour two for 9 p.m. was 1.735 million. Hour three featured 1.589 million. So it averaged out to 1.811. The episode featured Keith Lee versus Matt Riddle, Lana versus Nia Jackson, the tables match, Lacey Evans versus Charlotte Flair, and WWE champion Drew McIntyre versus Randy Orton in a non-title match, which was the main event. So, this is the same week compared to last year in 2020, which was 8 p.m. featured 2.396 million, 9 p.m. was 2.411, and 10 p.m. was 2.204. The demographics were 18 to 49. Demo was 8 p.m., which is 0.54, 9 p.m., 0.48, and 10 p.m., 0.44. So... It's not like the numbers have dramatically dropped. And for the demos last week, those like 0.61, 0. 0.55, and 0. 0.57. Those are the people that are 18 to 49 years old. And oh, yes, Nia Yim and Keith Lee are getting married. Congratulations, you two lovebirds. Awesome. The day before, you know, Valentine's Day. Yes, I get a message on Facebook as I do this. Um, So AEW Dynamite viewership decreases against impeachment trial coverage and WWE NXT also down. Look, wrestling is always going to have those moments in its entirety as a whole, as a group. Well, sorry, Naya. As a group, their ratings are going to go down because people are showing interest in debating about some bullshit that we know is never going to get settled. So... With that being said, when people are divided already about Trump's impeachment trial and they really don't want to watch professional wrestling, there's your results. So WWE is not the only one suffering. And I'll tell you, there are a lot of various reasons. People are more interested in UFC. They're more interested in football. 96.7 million people tuned in to watch the Super Bowl this year. Holy shit. For the shit show that it was, I'm beginning to wonder. We didn't know it was going to be a shit show, but um, apparently 96.7 million people tuned in to watch it. So there's really no denying that it was going to be popular, but we didn't know it was going to be a bore fest. Just like Usually, the Raws and SmackDown lives of four elimination chamber before any pay-per-views back then, now, and forever were never, ever boring. The stories, okay, even though they're getting stale, okay, Naya and Lana, I'm wondering at what point the fans, when they come back to the arenas, are going to boo the ever-living fuck out of that match. Because we know Lana can't fucking work, neither can Nia. And you're putting them together because, what, you don't have any other females that can wrestle? Are they incapable of, you know, putting wrestling boots on, or wrestling gear on, and going out there and fucking wrestling? Just questioning, man, because I'm not saying that Nia can't entertain. I'm not saying that Lana can't entertain. 
But here's my uh, observation on the whole thing. Lana is a much better manager than she is a worker. Naya would be better suited for tag team because she really can't fucking work by herself. She was great at being a baby face. And when they paired her with Shayna Baszler, I'm kind of wondering, okay, this is something new. But I'm not so certain that's a great that's a great way of putting them together because Shayna's supposed to rip through the entire fucking roster and she's been now turned into a patsy, you know, like for the creative. Okay, let's put her here, you know, let's not put her here. I mean, dude, she was run, not running rough shot on NXT, but she was literally dominating the entire fucking roster. And it didn't matter who. The only ones that gave her trouble were Kyrie Sane and Io Shirai. That's it. Everyone else, tap, nap, snap. <laughs> Just personal observation on Shayna. <clears throat> Becky's coming back soon. This should be interesting. She hasn't been around for a very long while. That ought to give the roster some depth as far as entertainment goes, right? So, oh, okay, maybe that's why we haven't seen the big man. So Braun Strowman has been dealing with a blood infection. Um, yeah, he had any injury, but he also had a blood infection. Velveteen Dream? What? Hold on a second. Says Triple H has discussed the speculation regarding whether Dream has or might be released from the promotion during today's conference call with the media to promote Sunday's NXT Takeover Vengeance Day special. Dream hasn't appeared on television since his March match against Adam Cole on December 23rd edition of NXT. This was after his absence for about a month. In fact, since September, he has only worked five matches. Before that, he has been involved with a program with Kushida and Johnny Gargano for the next NXT and North American title. So not only was he involved in a car accident, but also accused of sending inappropriate photos, texts to young kids. There's been nothing reported about Dream as of late, including when he could return to television. Triple H stated today that Dream is still on the roster. Here's a summary courtesy of FW4 Online. On Velveteen Dream, Triple H says he is still on the roster and still training at the PC, adding that he went over this with media a million times. Okay, so see, I, that's interesting. If Velveteen Dream actually uh, is on Raw, cool. That adds some depth to it. A little NXT reunion. Please don't fucking ruin it. So I'm going to tell you. Don't ruin it. You have Aleister Black, Matt Riddle, Ricochet, possibly Velveteen Dream, maybe. I don't know. Maybe Velveteen will still be a part of NXT. I don't know. You have Cameron Grimes, who went absolutely batshit insane last night. You have Johnny Gargano, who tried to feign an injury. And you have Zia Lee trying to imitate a character from Mortal Kombat. And you have Mercedes Martinez in the title picture with Io Shirai and uh, Tony Storm. That's an interesting trio to face one another. This is for NXT TakeOver Vengeance. I believe this is the prelude to Elimination Chamber. I'm hoping that Vengeance, TakeOver Vengeance, is um, better than what Elimination Chamber is shaping up to be. I mean, they have limited sources or limited superstars to participate in the event, but people are coming back, so, you know, hopefully it goes well. 
Also, WrestleMania 37 is going to be fairly interesting, folks. You got Bianca Belair, who hasn't chose her champion yet. Edge, who hasn't chose his choice of champions yet. So I like that they're prolonging, stringing along, and making a good story. All right, so. Anyhow. What I'm going to tell you is Raw needs to improve if their ratings are below a two. There's lots of reasonings for that. There's a lack of uh, star power. That's how, you know, they put together four matches during a three-hour period. It's better than zero, I'll tell you that. What needs to improve? Um, Let loose. Let the superstars loose. Not too loose. Let them enough to where we are entertained as fans and not (coughs) completely bored with the product. Also, let MVP have free range on the Hurt Business. That's also the dumbest name I've ever heard in my life, the Hurt Business. Sounds like something you would say, I'm going to give them the business. Doesn't make sense for those characters, man, for those guys, including Shelton Benjamin, Cedric Alexander, Bobby Lashley, who could be a solo, all so powerful on his own. And that, you know, they're like, well, he needs a group. He needs a group to accentuate it. No. The whole thing with them, you know, ganging up on Matt Riddle. Really? That's their job. Their heels are going to beat me up. Okay. But then, you know, I'm thinking of this angle for them to be completely edgy. You know, with all the Black Lives Matter going on and all that, you could turn them into the next nation of domination if you really think on it. I guess that's too much for the viewers and people might get offended and say that they're stereotyping uh, the African-American gimmick, the stereotyping of them being racist towards white folk. Look. Have the opportunity. You guys had the opportunities to do that with New Day. Didn't do it. So no matter what you do with that group now, too late to turn them heel. And if you turn them heel, in a lot of people's eyes, how? When everybody fell in love with them. It's the same thing that WWE has done all the time. When they have something going good, I don't know if it's the higher-ups that are responsible for it, but holy shit, take notes of what your competition is doing. Because obviously, you know, their ratings are suffering too, but what gets people buzzing about you? And not in a negative connotation. Please understand that they're talking about you, yes. But SmackDown Live is better. It's getting better. Uh, Raw severe, severe makeovers. Okay. It's going to take a lot. It's going to take a forklift, a metaphorical forklift to get this show back to where it once was. Alright? So, not only have the ratings decreased in numbers for all, Right, you know, the interest level of myself and others, we don't know, we're not sure. Okay? Now, on to before I get to the lighter stuff and the and the brighter stuff, <clears throat> if you would like to join a professional wrestling school that is world famous and known for the superstars and the quality that has been produced from it, 
go and look no further on monsterfactory.org. That is www.monsterfactory.org. It even has its own app, the Monster Factory app. You can also find a documentary on this awesome school on the Fight Network. It's a mini doc series about the world famous Monster Factory and the students that attend it. It's pretty insightful about, I think it's about Vance Cooley or Cody, Cody Vance, sorry. Um, one of the students comes all the way, you know, like she takes two buses just to get to the Monster Factory. And I will tell you right now, after meeting the kids at that school, after meeting the ed trainer, the coach, and the owner of that school, Monster Factory, Danny Cage is not a joke. He is legitimized. Look who came at, Look who he's produced, man. Look who he's trained. Matt Riddle, Damian Priest. Even though Cutler was released from WWE, he trained him. He's trained Gabby Martinez. The list goes on. I mean, he's got a wrestler that's very similar looking to Yokozuna. And that guy has been an impact wrestling, wrestling revolver, several other promotions in Japan. Look at this look at the names that come out of Monster Factory. D Lo Brown, The Godfather. Sean Waltman Xbox, the big show who didn't barely train with Larry. The point is pretty boy Larry Sharp. The headbangers, Mosh and Thrasher, go on. The Douglas Brothers, Candyman Stitch, or Sonny. There's a huge list, folks, that come from Monster... Oh, Seamus, my bad. Forgot about him. You want honest opinion on Monster Factory? Go, man. It's in, located in Paulsburg, New Jersey. They've got Instagram. They've got Twitter. They've got a whole bunch of social media handles. Danny has a show on Podbean. Do not email the office. There's a phone number located directly on the... Serious inquiries only. You must wear a mask during the entire duration of the Monster Factory practices. That is the new rules and protocols implemented by the owner, head trainer, and coach of the Monster Factory, Danny Cage. When they go back to having camps, I suggest if you have never been, go. Get your ass there. I wasn't meant to be a worker or, you know, whatever. But I, I was really impressed with how I and others were treated as guests. I slept at the world-famous Monster Factory. I didn't know that I could go to a hotel, you know, or whatever. But I do know that I had a fucking absolute blast learning stuff and being told straightforward in a blunt manner, but in a positive manner, how the inner workings of professional wrestling really do work and what people are looking for. So that they... Danny says, I've, I've created a model that are very similar to what other wrestling companies are going to be looking for, and that is what he bases his stuff on. He keeps he keeps up with the times, folks. He's a very good man, very honest, and very caring. He won't coddle you. He'll fucking tell you the real deal. Monsterfactory.org. Check it out. Check the school out. It is located in Paulsburg, New Jersey. Um, make sure you text or call the phone number before you make any serious inquiries about making the jump. All right, folks, that's enough of the advertisements. 
You want to talk about cool individual that doesn't judge, that makes, you know, everyone feel at home when he's around him? We talk about, I'm talking about a guest of mine that was on this show, Mike Seidel, the yoga monster, the guy that has wrestled locally for years, has wrestled abroad, you know, in Japan and London and New York and the East Coast and Jersey. The man's awesome. Okay? And he really genuinely cares about others. And he knows what to do in order to succeed. He doesn't step on toes. He doesn't stab backs. And he's got an opportunity next Wednesday on TNT in Jackson, you know, live in Jacksonville, Florida, for him on a big stage, man. And it's a pretty big deal. I mean, how many guys would kill for the opportunity <clears throat> to be on live TV, especially for professional wrestling? This is a profession that not a lot of people get that opportunity to get the call. So when you get the call and you're on live TV, I mean, this is televised, folks. So, I mean, even though the ratings as I stated earlier, have been suffering for both AEW and NXT because of the impeachment trial proceedings, which I don't know who would want to sit there and listen to the bullshit that's going on between Democrats and Republicans, but this is not a political podcast. This is a pro-wrestling podcast. Let me be clear. I have mentioned in the past what bothers me about AEW, But this is a company that has employed several people and given people second chances, third chances, hell, even fourth chances. And whatever whatever level you get to perform on has the notion, like Mike Seidel, he's going to fucking blow the roof off that place. In front of guys like, I mean, I'm sure he's admired all these guys and met them beforehand, but... Mike's been wrestling for quite some time. I mean, his career spans all the way back, so let me see here. Says here, wow, my goodness. So, he was born February 23rd and 19th. That must be an early birthday gift for Mike. Happy early birthday, dude. So he's 174 pounds. I don't believe it. Believe your. It says <laughs> independent circuit uh, wrestling for Ring of Honor. His brother is Matt. It has an explosion moonsault. His theme music is Paradise City by Guns N' Roses. Wow, that's in Ring of Honor. I know that much. He's a 3XW wrestling tag team or wrestling yeah tag team champion uh, with Zach Thompson. HVW Livewire champion, uh, LWA tag, you know, champion with Brandon Aarons, uh, Missouri Wrestling Reviver of the Year 2009, Pro Wrestling Illustrated Rookie of the Year 2009. So, PWI ranked him number 369 of the 500 best singles wrestler in PWI 500 in 2011. So, I mean, to me right there that says that this guy knows what he's doing, and he's going to be amazing in the ring now. Has he wrestled against FTR? I don't know. Maybe on a separate occasion he has, but yeah, I'm pretty sure. 
So we're 15 minutes left, folks. My side out. One hell of a dude. Very friendly, very open, very accepting. Doesn't matter what orientation you are, no matter what creed you are, religion. As long as you don't impose yourself upon him, I'm pretty sure he's cool. And he, you know, he's cool enough to say, "Hey, anytime you want to talk to me, just text me, shoot me a message." That's like extremely kind of somebody who I, you know, don't talk to that often, but have messaged through Messenger, have spoke to, well, maybe not over the phone, but they have a semblance of a friendship. Okay, and. That's really cool that he's not like, oh, you fucking Mark, you know, I can't believe you want to message me after I just spoke with you already. Some guys are like that. And some guys, um, Mike, Mike, not only is he honest and open to, but I really believe that good things happen to good people for a fucking reason. And to know that he's got an opportunity to work in front of a, not only a crowd, but in front of a global audience. You know, AEW is catching on. And guess what, folks? I think we, my roommates and I, when if they have live events being able to go to New York, I'm not sure if they can travel again. Restrictions might be lifted just a little bit for now, but I'm not sure. Considering the numbers for COVID-19, if I look correctly at this uh, news app correctly, it says news break. Numbers might be different, if you will. GI jobs, local. Hmm. Even has one headline for coronavirus. Okay. So, yes. Um, in real time, folks, the cases have risen to 27,821,870 confirmed. 9,861,047 have recovered. And, oh, and... 481,558 have died. So I don't know if the restrictions for travel are going, Jesus Christ, my former place at home. Right there, you know. New York, holy shit. It's gone down just a smidgen. Even though we are the bulk, oh no, California is the bulk of it. With 3,400,000. The point is, I don't know when we're going to be able to travel, but I would love to go see <clears throat> Mike at a show. I'm pretty sure I can do that locally, somehow, some way. But I, I really want to see him perform on a big level again. You know why? Because this dude knows exactly what he's doing. He knows exactly, I don't know, who to go through. And I even asked, the funny thing is, I asked him on the show, who do you want to wrestle? Pick any superstar. He picks his brother. That shows you how much admiration this dude has for his own family. And he's revered by many because not only is he a friendly guy, but if you ever watched his matches, whether he's a heel or face, dude knows how to fucking work. That's possibly one of the many reasons why he got chosen. I don't know if it has anything to do with his brother, dude. You can ask him. Directly through his Instagram where you can message him on Twitter. I don't know if he'll respond, but it's always good to try it. Yes, uh, Jason from Suffolk, North Carolina. Yeah. Are you from Virginia? Suffolk, Virginia? West or Virginia? Oh, okay. 
That's cool. How long have you been watching wrestling, if I don't mind? You don't mind me? Oh, you're a worker. Okay. Awesome. And you love Zach Gibson. Yes, I agree. <laughs> yeah. I completely agree, man. If you don't, you know, I can message you back and forth on uh, my Instagram or my messenger. I'll give you my personal info. Are you okay? Instagram? Awesome. Well, aside from singing accolades and praises, folks, this will do it for tonight. Good luck, Mike. Love you, dude. Uh, And you know which way, right? Friendship. Um, (laughs) Um... Good luck, kick ass, and take names, and good luck in your match, man. If you didn't like what good old Brian Reels had to say, then I got three choice words for you. Forget about it. Who the bitches I got to go to bed and call somebody, all right? Night. See ya. <laughs>